Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I am so excited for this episode. Last week, I had a few of the Dear Younger Self authors with me. Today, I have four more amazing authors, Chris, Amber, Christy, and Aaron. And we are going to start with Amber. Will you please introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and why this book called to you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Samantha. I so appreciate you inviting me on here. I love it. So my name is Amber Witt. Um, I live in the Midwest. I'm 42 years old. I have a almost 11 year old and a darling husband and our two rescue dogs. Um, I'm a breast cancer survivor and um, I was diagnosed at the age of 32. So that's actually the title of my chapter, 32. Um, I had had a new baby at home. Uh, We had just lost my mother-in-law to stage four cancer about five weeks prior to my diagnosis. And uh, there were a lot of uh, trials and tribulations. You know, we were in our third year of marriage and we we had a lot of things coming our way. Um, being that young at the time of my diagnosis, um, I was very open and honest and very transparent and shared my journey uh, through social media and through meeting with people. And it had been on my heart for a lot of years to help kind of spread the story, share the story, because so many people at that time, you know, that being that young, and having just had a baby like that was a big shock to a lot of people so it had been on my heart for a long time to really how can I get this out to more people to offer you know hope strength resilience support just unconditional love Um, so I was very drawn to it just uh, for that simple fact dear younger self you know it was me writing to myself literally at my 10 year mark of being cancer free can you believe that so it was a celebration in itself, but it was a way for me to, to get my story out there to the masses and just, you know, offer hope, love, support as much as I can. I love that. And that's so interesting. So many people do talk about it after the fact versus when they're going through it. And it's so necessary for people to know that others are here and available and congratulations, happy tenure celebration. And thank you for sharing so openly and so bravely about a topic that needs to be discussed. Yes, thank you so much. I I really appreciate it. And I agree 100%. It's an uncomfortable, you know, that's an uncomfortable thing to talk about. You know, some people are very, very private about it. Some people are very open about it. Um, But, you know, I just felt called like to really just kind of be vulnerable and be brave and to just share kind of every step of the way. And uh, like I said, just just to offer that out to people because it's a very scary time, you know, when you get a diagnosis like that. So I, I really appreciate it. Who, anyone feel like going next, Erin? Sure. My name is Erin McCahill and I live in Southern New Jersey. And dear younger self, pulled me in because the lessons that I've learned in life, some of them I wish I learned when I was younger. I probably wouldn't have gone down paths that I did go down. Um, Life has been amazing. 
I'm a corporate leader in the financial industry right now. My background has been in technology. I'm also a personal and professional culture creator. So I help people build their best life, their best personal and professional culture. I'm on a mission to help people inspire them and impact the world. Um, I've had an interesting life. I've had a life with amazing ex experiences, not so great in everything in between. And I've learned so many lessons and I want to give back and hopefully inspire people to show them that you can do anything that you set your mind to. So that's why I'm here. Um, dear younger self, um, just there's something about that title just just gives me shivers every time I say it. Um, and there's just so many lessons that I look back at. It's like, if I knew that little nugget, maybe I would have gone a different way. So I'm really excited for my story to come out and so grateful to be here today. Thanks for having me on. We talked about you last week. Erin was supposed to join us and had something come up, but she was actually in Colorado a few weeks ago. She went to school in Fort Collins, where I live, and we went to lunch and we were talking about the title. And, and I was saying, there's something about this book. And we've both been in other books with Kate Butler books. And there's something about this title. It does. It makes me shiver every time I say it and think it. And I just feel something is on the brinks with this one. Like there's something different mm -hmm. And I feel like anyone who hears the title, there's something different about it. It can relate to anyone in the world at any age. And I feel like all of us wrote to a different younger self and interpreted the title differently. So thank you. Thank you for sharing how much it means to you also. Um, we have Chris or Christy. Who, who wants to go next? Go ahead, Christy. First, I had to make sure that I was off of mute because I'm famous for that. <laughs> um, well, thank you for having me on your show. This is actually my very first podcast, so that's exciting. Um, so, Dear Younger Self, why did I choose this book? So, um, my life has taken, it's pr pretty much been a roller coaster. So, um, I was a, a music educator for 10 years. And uh, I was on top of the world and my students, they just played at Carnegie Hall in New York City, which was like a big momental moment. And um, so I, I thought I was on top of the world. And then I started noticing that my, my children, they kept saying, you know, mom, turn the music down. It's too loud in the car or mom, turn the TV down. It's too loud. And I was like, something's wrong. So I went to the doctor and um, the doctor says to me, Miss Wilden, I'm sorry to tell you, but um, you have sensory neural progressive hearing loss and you'll be deaf by the time you're 50. And I was like, what? Music was my lifeline. I've been playing piano since the time I was nine. Um, it, it's my therapy, you know? So to watch something that you put all of your effort in just disintegrate in front of your face sent me into this like massive depression. And when you're in depression, you make really stupid decisions, right? Um, so um, one of the decisions that I made was to put my time and effort into a person that was not good for me. And that story landed me into a rape and abuse shelter. So my chapter is called From Shelter to CEO. So what happens in my, my chapter, and I don't want to go through the whole thing because I want you guys to read it, but um, it, it starts with me sitting on a shelter bed 
with my youngest son, who then was four, who's now nine, um, he was sleeping and I was watching him sleep and I was just crying, like, how in the world did I get here, you know? And I said to myself in my own hands, laying on the, like, looking over the side of the bed, I said, man, I'm worthless. And my little guy, he must have woke up and he looked at me and he goes, mom, you're not worthless, you're perfect. And then he rolled over and went back to bed. So that was my catalyst of my life to make it better. So the point of my story is, um, is that I want my story to get into the hands of every woman in every abuse shelter so they know and understand that they are the same amount of worth as anybody else and that they can be picked up and moved into something that is their dream. So I'm hoping to be able to take my story into different um, rape and abuse shelters and have those moments where um, I can give these books to them for free and then be a shoulder for them to cry on because I didn't have any of that. So that's my story. I love that you're here. I love that you're sharing this so openly. I worked in many in Michigan and know how much this will mean to so, so many women. You're changing lives already. And thank you. Thank you for sharing. Sure. On to you, Chris. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, my name is Chris McQuown and I live in uh, Northwest Indiana. I'm about, I'm less than two hours from Chicago. So I have somewhere cool to go from time to time. <laughs> um, I am married. I have four grown children and two grandchildren and one on the way due in April. And um, the reason that I decided to be part of this book and why I was so drawn to it is um, I have a friend, Lori Parks, and she was in Women Who Shine. And, um, you know, I supported her through that. And I thought, this is really cool. I, I want to do, you know, one of these collab books someday. And um, when the next one was announced, I was in the middle of a really big project. I just couldn't make it happen. And then when I saw the title of Dear Younger Self, I was like, I don't care what I have to do. I don't care what I have to move. I don't care what I have to take off the list. I am doing this book. Um, just like Erin said, Every time I say this title, every time I even just look at the cover of the book, it just gives me goosebumps. It just, you know, the hair stand up. On, it, it is such, it is something that um, my, my young life, it, it just, it really just touched me. And, um, and I, I just felt so connected to it. And so I was able to make it work. I, I told Kate the other day that I think I might've been the first one that signed up when she first posted it. But um, my story is titled Little Miss Independent. And um, my story talks about how um, I was left alone a lot as a child. Um, I didn't have a horrible childhood, um, but I, I just didn't have a lot of guidance. Um, you know, it's amazing. I never got into trouble and um, I was alone a lot. It made me fiercely independent. And my story talks about, um, you know, some of the things that I had to do as a kid because it fell on me and, um, and just how it, it changed me. You know, it made me so independent. They were my survival skills when I was a kid. And, but as an adult, they were truly my nightmare. I had such a tight grip on everything and I was not enjoying my life. Um, I 
was an extremely, extremely strict mother. I was a control freak. I had to do everything. Um, and so my story talks about how when I turned 50, I just kind of had this revelation. You know, you, you do the whole, oh, what do you have to show for your life? You're turning 50. And I was just kind of like, meh, you know, there, there wasn't, there wasn't, I, I was, I just really started thinking about my legacy. And, um, and so I just changed everything. I took baby steps. And so my story just talks about how that controlled my life and every part of it and how I slowly made the changes to really have, you know, a life that I love and is fulfilling. And, um, you know, I've taken it down about 10 notches and released some of that control and, and, um, and it's just been amazing and wonderful. Um, but yeah, the, the, I knew I had to be a part of this book. And what's really cool is that I am a um, best-selling author. Um, I'm a children's book author. And, um, and so I've really, really enjoyed this collaboration part and getting to know all of you. And it is so amazing to be around other people that have your same mindset that, um, you know, you feed off of them and it's inspiring. And um, so, I've, yeah, I've just been really grateful for the whole process. It's been very, very cool. And I'm very, very excited for Wednesday. There is something different about doing it with a group and having so many other people. I feel like something each of you said is in my chapter as well. And I feel like we'll see that when we get to read each other's that without talking and saying, let's all say this, we in a way have some sort of common thread. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Christy, I want to go back because you also <laughs> locked yourself out of your office last week and couldn't be here. Um, but I pay more attention now that we have connected to ASL and the Super Bowl had been on and I was watching thinking, oh my God, they're doing sign language and somehow we're making progress. And you put up this post that they did not do a great job. Okay. To the average viewer, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I I thought they made progress and they did an okay job. What do we need to do better? Um, so this has happened twice now at the Super Bowl where they're like, yes, we're having ASL performers. It's going to be great. And then they introduce them on the beginning and then they're gone. So us as the deaf community, we have to go on a, either our computer or a separate screen and click a different button so where we can have our ASL performers next to the, um, the English performers, which I think is just totally bogus. I deserve to have my eyes on the same exact screen as my children, right? So yes, there's progress where they have them, but it's still not equal. It's still not equal. Why should I be watching from my tiny phone, which I could barely see the signs as it is, when the rest of my family's watching on our big screen TV? And not only that, um, our phones were live where the TVs were not. So like our songs didn't match up. So for somebody who's hard of hearing like me, like I needed them to match up. So that way I could have my ASL signer up here and then looking over here at the beautiful Rihanna at the same time. 
the signs that she was signing were not matching up with what she was seeing. So, okay, getting- so I was already Cowboys fan. Sorry for my Eagles friends who were already <laughs> upset. Uh, I was so Dak Prescott, Cowboys quarterback, received the Walter Payton Man of the Year award and got booed. So I was at halftime starting my blog because I was disgusted at that display of behavior. So I didn't notice this. I wouldn't have paid, but then Rihanna's also getting critiqued and I'm paying more attention to that, but we need to do a better job of having the screen accurately depict signing. Or have the signer stand next to Rihanna because I, I don't remember what year it was, but Marley Matlin, who's an incredible human being, she stood next to, um, I can't even remember who it was, but it was a country singer and she stood next to them and signed the national anthem at the Super Bowl. They did it one time a long time ago. Why can't they do it now? Well, now in national anthem standing still, Rihanna all over the stage. It doesn't matter. Do what I do in my theater. Teach your ASL signer, the choreography, so she can be there and do the exact same thing. She's a shadow interpreter. It, it would be phenomenal. It would right? absolutely, right. Yeah, yes, that is what we need to do. We, and, we need, and we need someone like you letting people know it wasn't done well, because I wouldn't have known. I wasn't paying attention. That's an error on my part, but people were. There were people who were glued to the halftime show. Yeah, and I grew up hearing, so I wouldn't have known until 2014 when I went back to school. Right. So it's all about education, which is what my theater is all about. I didn't really get into my theater in my inter- in my introduction, but um, I created a, a theater company called Hands Up Silent Theater. And at Hands Up, we um, encourage the deaf to become more of the performing, uh, become more aware of the performing arts and actually come join us. And we also encourage the hearing to learn ASL and interact with deaf peers. And then we put on 100 per- percent um, accessible performances for the deaf and hearing together as one as it's supposed to be. Thank you for sharing that. That's such an interesting point because blind doesn't have the same issue. They can hear and we don't have to add a feature for them to hear. Except for deafblind. Um, that, that's something that I would like to get into more in my theater and um, how you communicate with a deafblind person is by a tactile signing. So either you're signing into their hands or signing like on a map, like on their back. It's very interesting. It's something that I really want to learn because I feel like I'm still missing a part of my community. So I want to figure out a way to make them be a part of my theater as well. Thank you so much for sharing. And it's really, really important. And I'm not nobody's story is more important than another, but I brought this up last week. And I want people to know that just because we think somebody did a better job, we still need to ask more questions. And I only know this because I've met you and I'm learning from you. And if I, if I didn't, I wouldn't have thought that. And this show is all about having the conversations and asking the questions. So if there are some I'm missing, please educate me. Let me know. There is nothing wrong with saying I need to learn more. What else can I ask someone? It's the only way I will know how to do better and what to ask next year and what to look for and to wait until the game's over to start my blog. Yeah. (laughs) Did anyone leave anything out of their bios that we want to add? This is not just about our book. This is about the work we are. We didn't write these books about us. We all want to make a difference in the world and help people 
it's really not about our stories. It's our stories making a difference for someone else. I'm I'm really excited about this book because um, when I was losing my piano, I turned into the only silent activity that I knew, which was reading and writing. So instead of pouring my heart onto my piano, I poured it into my writing. So I decided to go back to school and I'm getting my master's degree in, in writing at Southern New Hampshire University right now. And um, my goal for that is when, when I turned into reading, I noticed there's not a lot of deaf protagonists in, in novels at all. And there's some, but not many. So um, I decided to make it a point to create these protagonists that are differently abled characters. So that way everybody feels represented in a novel somewhere. So I'm excited that I'm working on my thesis novel, which is gonna be a thriller. So I'm really excited about that. I love that. I appreciate that because I have a son who is learning disabled. And, um, you know, so there's tons of things in life that you know, he can't see himself in, and it's actually, it's, it's one of my, um, it's not my next children's book, but it'll be the one after that will be, um, a story about him. So awesome. I would love to, to communicate with you about that too. I have a, an autistic son and I would love to hear. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. We're connected. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, something that I'm really excited about with Dear Younger Self, um, for me personally is teenagers. I cannot wait for teenagers to be able to read our words. You know, teenagers, early 20s, um, you know, the, the ones that are just starting out in life, whether they went to college or not, um, you know, you're, you're starting to look for a life partner. You're starting to, um, you know, everything. Everything is new and it's confusing. <laughs> um, I think Erin said it. I would have given anything to have a book like this to read when I was... 18, 21, 25 years old. And I guarantee you my life, I would have taken a different path. I have no doubt, you know, not that my life was horrible, but, um, I definitely would have, you know, done things differently. And, um, you know, just for someone to say that it doesn't make you cocky or conceited to be bold and to be brave and to speak your truth and to shine your light. You know, I, I just, I was a very shy, timid kid and I went with the flow and I didn't have anybody telling me, hey, you have a bright light inside of you, shine it, you know? And so, um, yeah, I'm most excited about teenagers, um, both boys and girls um, and, and, you know, young people who are just starting out in their lives reading our book. And, you know, just to piggyback on that, I think what's amazing that we've all done is that we've shown that, you know what, we can be vulnerable, right? We can share our stories to the world and it's okay. And I hope more people see that and share their stories because you don't know who you're going to connect. You don't know who you're going to inspire. You don't know who you're going to give hope to, right? And there could be people that are doing great and that story is going to propel them even further in life. Or you, there might be someone that's struggling and that's going to help them get unstuck. And I think we've all been brave and I want people to take that message that it's okay to share because in today's world, we I think there's this perception out there that, you know what, you can't share, right? Because there's all this judgment and there's this fear out there, but it's okay. And people need to be comfortable with that. It's okay. I'm proud of all of you for sharing. So 
So thank you for sharing your stories. Absolutely. Back I, at you. Yeah, it's so okay. And we have more. one young man. Mm-hmm. And I'm so, so grateful that he is bold enough to be doing this. He's 19 or 20 years old, which is going to make the hugest impact in that age group and the genera- and the people who read his story. Uh, it's going to make such a huge difference because mm-hmm. at that age group, for the people who I have anxiety, I've had it my whole life. I was a good, good girl. I followed the rules. I didn't make ripples and make waves. And I while I didn't care what anybody thought, like I didn't care about style or matching or any of the, I cared what my parents thought. I cared what my teachers thought. Like I was very sensitive to that. So decisions about my future, decisions about my job, I cared about other people's opinions far too much. And so doing it my own way was a concept when you have so many other people weighing in. So like he's going to make a big impact for people at a time in their life when other people weigh in and we think we have to listen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the vulnerability and the, you know, bravery, the, you know, just being fully transparent and really just kind of stepping into that, you know, a lot of people just are like, how in the world, you know, how, how, how are you okay with sharing such of these, like such intimate, like details, you know, how are you, how are you going to be okay with now, like everybody in the world will have access to this very like delicate, intimate, you know, time period of your life. And for me, I didn't, I, Yes, there is a little bit of that for me, but for me, it was more of, but that's it. Like I, I, yes, I did step into that, but I, I want to be able to share it with people because that is important to me. And for all of us that have done this book, you know, we're all sharing pieces of our lives with the world that, you know, others are going to look at it and go, oh my gosh, wow. Like you can share these things. You can be open and honest with people. A lot of us walk around with, you know, this huge wall built up and pretend that everything's fine and dandy and, oh, it's great. And, oh, rainbows and, oh, all the things. And, you know, inside we might be suffering or we might be going through a really challenging time. And so now people get this book, you know, and they read through these stories and they're like, wow, you know, and they, they get that kick or they get that, that just breath of life just breathed back into them. And that, that was my hope, you know, and I'm sure just like all of you guys, like being able to touch people in a different way. I mean, we can sit around and have coffee and chit chat or small talk, but this is like real deep dive type stuff. And I love it. I love that. We just kind of, I hate to say it, but just kind of ripped it open and was like, here it is. This is it. Yeah, it was, it was hard. It was a struggle or fearful or, you know, whatever, but it, it's amazing. And it feels, I don't know if empowering is the right word, but it just feels like now that I've got it out there, like it's incredible just because I truly do hope that it, it affects people in such an amazing way. And I believe it really will. It's real life. Absolutely. I don't know. It does for the most part. I will say that my mother-in-law didn't love my first book experience. I I, I didn't hear from her. I heard from my sister-in-law. 
uh, you know, but like the majority of feedback is amazing, but I don't know if any of you had somebody critique or debate or edit your feelings, but it can happen. That stuff, I don't care, but it, it, it does happen. You know, I, I have to be honest and say, I think I told you this, Amber, when we talked about faces of mental illness, like mm -hmm. my anxiety is hard for my dad to understand, to relive, to hear about my childhood through my eyes. So when that book came out, like he was calling me kind of to edit it, <laughs> um, which I get like that. He, it's difficult for him. Mm -hmm. So it isn't just out to the world and that's the end of it. There are, there are some people who might not love it. Oh yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I can, I can imagine, you know, there, there are going to be people that have things to say about it. And, uh, and I'm okay with that. I've wrapped my head around it. You know, I've even had a few people that, that knowing what I'm writing about and knowing, you know, the process and a lot of people like they, they kind of lived it. I mean, people that were close to me and especially people that I was friends with social media and all of that, like they followed that journey with me. Um, you know, it's just interesting because everybody has their own opinion. Everybody has their perception of, well, why didn't you do this? Or what about that? Or why this? Or why, 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 why? And I had to just kindly deflect people and just smile and just kind of say, you know, I did what was best for me at that time. I did what was best for my health, my family. You know, there was a lot of hard decisions and and you know, you kind of, for me, I'm just going to have to take things with a grain of salt. Right. And I don't know how I, I say it the same every time, but like my way of living, my way of healing, my truth is never meant to hurt anyone else. But like, this is my life. This is how I had to get through it. This is my reality. It's never intentionally meant to hurt anyone else. It might, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's plenty of things I didn't do for a long time after losing my husband and, and people didn't like that. And I know that. Um, so I, I, is, who's, is this your first book, Christy? Mm -hmm. And it's a big story. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, what gets you through any critique or anyone who doesn't get it are the people who get it and the people who reach out with the, you changed my life your story literally I read this at the worst moment and things along those lines and you don't know or expect and Kate does right like we all reach out to Kate when we get these amazing messages and she's expecting this for us she knows and that's why she wants us to share our story she's so amazing at every little detail helping pick a title and she knows and is never surprised and we are but they come and they come like if you get a negative something a positive is there 30 seconds later to balance it uh and that's that's what it's for i think that you know just breathe and and something positive comes there is someone who needs you and needs your story and we have each other to bounce mm -hmm. The critiques out. Yeah, and, <laughs> and we, we know why we did it and we all have our own reasons for doing it and we don't owe anybody an explanation you know and so just keep that in the back of your mind you know it's like I, I mean because there's so many people in the world that are incredibly private 
And they're just going to think we're a bunch of weirdos for sharing so much, you know, and, you know, so you wouldn't do it. That doesn't mean that I won't. And, you know, you know, like, like Amber said, you just have to know that, you know, you did it for your reasons and that's all that matters. And, you know, blow well, off back to the Super Bowl, people were tearing down Rihanna and Dak Prescott. And it was, I mean, honestly, there will always be people whether it's because of our success or anything and it jealousy it really bothered me to the point that i wasn't watching the halftime show that these were these here's someone pregnant i couldn't get on a halftime stage today pregnant and move like that and he's a celebrated like why do we have to tear anyone down yeah well and the thing that um with um dax prescott the that the Walter Payton Award is like such a huge honor. And whether you're a fan or not, it, the, the boot, it was so disturbing. I looked at my husband and I said, what is wrong with this world? You know, um, it, it was disturbing. It was, um, you know, whether you hate the Cowboys, whether you hate him personally as a player, this was completely different and it was such an honor and it, it was, oh, it, it just, I'm pissed right now. Just Thank thinking you. About it. you so, know, so, yeah. it, it was sad. It made me Jim, sad. Jim passed away right before the Eagles won the Super Bowl five years ago. And so my humor this time was he hadn't learned the rules yet. Like Jim hates the Eagles because like, because of Philly fans, because of, and so I said, like, if they hadn't booed, they might've won this year. Like, what is it? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, he, he learned the rules. Mm -hmm. He wasn't going to let the Cowboys lose (laughs) and the Eagles win this time. (laughs) So back to our, tell me how you guys connected with Kate. I do want to talk about Kate Butler books. And why we all do this with Kate and not with any other publisher or company because she is something else. And I know you all love her as much as I do. I can go first if you want to. Um, So this is a really interesting story. So here I am stranded in the shelter, right? And um, I pour my heart out to a friend of mine. And she was like, oh, I want you to um, come meet this friend of mine who's opening a charter school up in Pittsgrove Township because, you know, you're saying your son's getting bullied and I think the school would be great for Anthony. So um, I was all the way down in Cape May County, New Jersey, and this is up in Salem County. So I never really ventured much into Salem County, farm town. Uh, So I went up there to meet this woman and this woman's name was Corey Santone. And... um, she just was incredible. She she said she was looking for unicorn teachers that uh, could teach her kids this charter school something beautiful. And she had heard from my friend Susan what I do, where I bring a foreign language into um, something fun being theater. So not only did my son get into this program, but I also landed my teaching job, which also the next day got me my apartment, which got me out of the shelter. So... Corey Solomon Santone happened to be in Women Who Dream. So I looked up to this woman so much where I was just like, Correct. she just became a best-selling author. Are you kidding me? That's like one of my biggest check the box moments. So um, 
through Corey, I was doing a bunch of research. I got her book and I looked at the back of the book. I was like, I need to know who this Kate person is, right? <laughs> so I reached out to Kate and I told her my story and she was like, I need you in my book, Dear Younger Self. And as I was searching through her um, her website, I scrolled down in the bottom and it said Mullica Hill, New Jersey. I was like, this amazing publisher lives 20 minutes from my house. So that's kind of how me and Kate got um, got connected. And Every and single story is like this. Like the way every single one of us connects with her is just as magical. But I love that one too. That might be <laughs> up like the top five. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially that you guys ended up being in the same state too, the close proximity. I'm jealous of that part. Like, you know, hundred of you're in New Jersey too, aren't you? I am. I yes. am. She's 20 minutes from me in Washington Township. <laughs> That's so funny. You guys need to do coffee, tea. <laughs> That's cool. Um, mine is not that cool, <laughs> but it's, it's cool to me. <laughs> um, so, um, I discovered Kate through, um, Jack Canfield. Um, you know, she's very, uh, you know, he was, you know, one of her mentors and, um, and she does a lot of things for his company now. Um, but I am, um, I, you guys might be familiar too, if you're familiar with Jack Canfield world, world with, um, Miriam Laundry. She's a children's book publisher. That's who I did my book with. So I did, I did two courses with Miriam. One of them was very basic 10 week. And then, and then I signed up for a year long program. And that's when we published my children's book. Well, in that year long program, we got several bonuses and Kate was one of the bonuses. Um, she talked about, um, um, she talked a lot about her children's books um, or book. Did she have one or two? I think she might have two. Um, um, you know, because that's what we were in, but anything that she said, you know, pertain to whatever marketing. And I actually reached out and, you know, of any bonus that we've ever had. Yeah. They've been, there's been some great ones. There's been some really touching ones, you know, their story or whatever. Kate is the only person that I had reached out to. And she said that in her thing, she's like, reach out to me. And, um, and so I did, and, um, and I was actually really nervous about it because back then that was kind of the early stages of like all the changes that I was making and, um, and still wasn't being super bold. And I kind of went back and forth and I was like, oh, you know, what's stopping you? You know, so she may not respond to your email. You know, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, this is just gonna be a waste of time. So. I, um, so I, I reached out and, um, and I, I got a response from someone that works for her, but they did forward the email onto Kate. And basically I just, you know, was telling her that I really enjoyed, um, you know, the bonus and where I was from and all that stuff, you know, the Miriam thing. And, um, and so after, you know, she spoke, I went and followed her on all of her social media and then, um, and, but I was just kind of following and, listening and seeing what she was posting and that kind of thing wasn't really thinking of um a book and then um and then like I said when my friend Lori Parks who was also one of Miriam's we were in Miriam's stuff together that's how I know Lori and um she was in Women Women Who Shine and um and I just thought someday I'm I'm doing that and honestly if this next book Dear Younger Self it if it would have been more along the same lines as 
you know, women who shine, women who encourage or whatever, women who inspire all the different titles. I don't know if I would have done it. Um, it was that title. It was that dear younger self that just reeled me right in. And, um, and so, uh, so yeah, it's just, and you know, it's one of those things where it's just that I think you were saying that Sam just, you know, like something can turn into something else. And this, you know, this connection might not pan out now, but you know, and, and now if you think about it, you know, I have 29 new friends and, you know, I get to feed off of you and what you're doing. You get to feed off of me and what it's just, it's just awesome. It's just a, an awesome circle that just keeps going round and round and round. Kind of like how, what Christy was saying, this led to this, led to this, led to this. And so, um, I think the big thing is just always being open because you just never know. You never, ever know. So, and <clears throat> excuse me. So yeah, it's that book title. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. And it's, you know, just putting it out there and seeing what unfolds, right? That's like the big thing. So um, back in 2019, I was um, up in the mountains and it was early Saturday morning and it was beginning of January. <laughs> it was super early in the morning. I remember like it was yesterday and I was journaling and I was watching the news and they had a new segment on and this lady was talking and it was all about the new year and it was about her GPS system. And I was like, gosh, I really love this. I was taking notes because I'm a note taker. And um, I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, okay. I wrote her name down. Like, oh, I'd love to go to one of her events. Really love her energy, but well, put it away, whatever. Fast forward, 2020 comes along and um, I meet um, through a my neighbor, I meet Kate, um, one of my neighbor's friends um, is an author in Women Who Inspire. And she's like, you need to meet Kate Butler. I'm like, okay. And so I met her and everything. And I was going through some of the modules that we have to go through. And one of the videos we all watch, and I'm like, wow, that sounds familiar. I'm like, I think I saw that. So I went to bed that night, woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, wait a second, watched it again. I went down and got my journal and lo and behold, that journal entry was what I wrote and that was Kate Butler. So how crazy is that? I put it out there and here I am. And now this is the second book I'm doing with her. So it's showing up, put it out there and watch things unfold. So that's how I got introduced to Kate. So amazing. Amazing. And I'm like you, Chris, I'm through Jack Canfield. I was law deep deep grief first year of losing my husband and it was our wedding anniversary and I went to the mountains where we got married and I'm sitting under a little tree with my dog and my success principles book being very antisocial and somebody comes up to me with her puppy and my dog was also being antisocial and they began to play and she says are you in in Jack Canfield's training program and that was the beginning I went home signed up for the training program met Kate in one of the groups, like in minutes and have been with Kate ever since. <laughs> I'm a little bit a part of the community with Jack, but I ended up going all Kate. <laughs> so funny how life takes. And I was convinced like that I was going to work for Jack and somehow be a part of the team and be the, the team psychologist or something. So. <laughs> something. I just got to do something. <laughs> yeah. And I was writing to heal, like writing to get through the day. Mm -hmm. yeah to survive so 
thank you ladies so, so much for being a part of my life, for being a part of this book, for sharing so openly. Um, we are going to be available. If you are listening live, folks, this will be in Amazon in 36 hours. If you're listening to a replay, go and get your copy now. This can be for anyone, man, woman, any age. It really, truly is a story for anyone to look back at any point in their life and reapply some lessons today. Um, thank you so, so much for being here and sharing and making such a difference today and in this world. Until next time, everyone, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.